You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. If it's not already abundantly clear to you, it will be in a moment that there's a certain theme uh, to uh, this part of the service. And in keeping with the holiday weekend, having uh, celebrated Independence Day on Thursday, I have two simple words for you on this Sunday, and I don't want you to miss this because uh, in these two words, you might find liberation. In two words, freedom is found. In two words, we might experience independence. You see, in a world so unfree, today's message is about freedom and faith. Today, I'm going to begin a message that I'm going to finish next week. Uh, and over the course of the next two weeks, I'm going to talk about several things from several points of view. And although I will make my point in a variety of ways, ultimately the message boils down to these two small words. Yes, I've got two simple words for you today God is. The psalmist said it this way, God is a refuge and strength, an ever-present help in the time of trouble. God is. God is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? God is. God is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? God is. God is the source of my strength, and God is the strength of my life. God is is. God is the solid rock. God is a firm foundation and a mighty fortress is our God. God is our everything. God is water in the desert. God is food during famine. God is. God is my all in all. God is my best thought by day and by night because simply God is. And I'm here to tell you on this morning that God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. If you know that God is and God is good, somebody ought to bless God this morning. Oh yes, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. And I submit to you on today that this simple formulation that God is, it provides the foundation of our faith and the foundation of our freedom. Because simply God is means that God is free. God is freedom and God cannot be contained. God cannot be constrained. God cannot be held captive and we cannot put God in a box. God transcends all things. God is omnipresent and omniscient and omnipotent. Oh yes, God is. And grammatically speaking, you see the the verb to be It is the the very basic foundation of language, the basic form of speech, the foundation on which all other action verbs are based. So, So think about it this way. It is virtually impossible to compose a paragraph without deploying this state of being, this state of existence in any language. The first phrases that you learn to speak and to understand contain the verb to be. My name is how are you? Where were you born? 
So when we say that God is, we acknowledge the very fundamental freedom of God, a God who cannot be contained. Think about it this way. When Moses encounters God in the burning bush and and God instructs Moses to lead the Exodus, to lead the Israelites out of captivity in Egypt, Moses asks, who shall I say sent me? God tells Moses to say that I am who I am sent you. The I am who I am sent you. In that, that moment, God reveals God's divine name, Yahweh, the I am who I am, which is the very sound of breath, which is connected to the Hebrew word Hayat, which means to be. So get this, the isness of God is necessarily and inextricably linked to the freedom of God. The isness of God is linked to the freedom of God. God is the I am who I am. God is the one who is and who was and who is to come. And because God is, we are. Because God is, we are. When we find our foundation in a God who is free, because God is and God is freedom, then we might know ourselves and find ourselves as free. Rooted in the being of God, we might find our being. To live in a world that is, that is all too unfree, we might be able to claim our identity in God and remove the shackles that keep us from dancing. We might be set free from anything that seeks to oppress us, and we might link ourselves, our very identity, our existence, our, our, our comings and our goings, we might link it in the foundation of the God who is. The God who is good all the time. But here's the rub, here's the rub. Even when we declare the goodness of God, sometimes when we look around, beloved, we are confronted with the reality that we live in a world that is full of bad stuff. Uh, The paradox of life is that sometimes when we experience this world, we find freedom in chains. And in fact, the exodus remains incomplete. There's an irony that, 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 that came to us in, in full relief during these last few days. And, and, and it, it bears echoes of what Frederick Douglass, the great a former enslaved person turned abolitionist, asked the question, what to the slave is the 4th of July? Yes. So, so as a nation celebrated freedom, there were built in within the very fabric of our nation the unfreeness, the, the, the oppression, the enslavement of a people. So there is a contradiction that, that comes to us every year when we celebrate the 4th of July. So then we ask ourselves, then what even is the 4th of July to an American? What is the 4th of July uh, to a Christian? And what is it for us as Christians to declare independence? Today, right, when we live in a nation where mass incarceration is continually on the rise, that that we imprison more people 
per capita than any industrialized nation. That, that, that we, when we celebrate freedom, Independence Day, as Christians, those who are called to, to be free and to break cycles of poverty, we must acknowledge and confront the fact that, that too many people grow up in a land where the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. Even, in fact, that, that when, when uh, the occupant of the White House holds a, a, a big rally, when we, our own government, are imprisoning, holding children in cages along the border. Sometimes when we look around and we observe the challenges in God's creation, uh, it becomes a challenge for us to make sense. What does it mean for us as Christians who declare ourselves to be free? What does it mean for us to live and how do we engage in a world that is all but free? In, in, in a world, a society that is continually uh, to imprison others, even in the name of Christianity. So, so we would be remiss on this weekend uh, when, when we're caught in relief by this, 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 this uh, letter from Paul in Galatians where he provides the very foundation of Christian freedom layered upon, upon top of a, a civic holiday this weekend. We would be remiss if we were to ignore the contradiction that is staring us in the face. All right, and and as such, when we look around and we observe the challenges in creation, it it then becomes tempting to question the creator. In fact, it's more than tempting, it even is, it's logical even, right? If bad things happen to good people, then it stands to reason that creation and the creator are not so good after all, right? The the, the age-old question of theodicy, why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, We talked about it a few weeks ago on Trinity Sunday uh, when we looked at the shack, and and, and when we experience this deep pain, this deep hurt, it, it seems like when our world is surrounded by pain and hurt and harm and danger and violence towards one another, it seems like God has messed up. Seems like God has messed up. So we live, beloved, in this this tension, in this paradox, in this contradiction, always betwixt and between and already and not yet. On the one hand, yes, we are free. And then on the other hand, we live in a world and a society that is all but free. But here's the point for today that we'll continue to unpack on next week. Catch this. When we judge what is possible only by what we see, then we actually become further trapped, imprisoned to a reality that is no larger than our experience. We become trapped to a reality that is no bigger than our eyes. but we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, there is a fundamental tension between the world as it is and the world as it can be. And we claim that God's plan for creation has not yet fully been fulfilled. 
So we walk by faith and not by sight, and it gives us fresh vision to continue to see and to claim in the midst of the tension, in the midst of the contradiction, in the midst of the paradox, we continue to proclaim that another world is possible, and we are the ones that are grafted into this work, and we are called to be the ones to lead toward the fulfillment of God's full vision in our world. Although freedom might be in chains through grace, As Christians, we still claim our freedom, the freedom of a Christian. Although we live in a world still in chains, we are no longer slaves because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And and grace conquers the law. And God even is free from our failure, the failures that we have towards one another and the brokenness of humanity, that God is free from that. And because we have been freed as Christians, we are called to freedom, as Paul writes in Galatians 5, to declare that God is and that God is still working and God is with us always, that we are free. And the one who loves us into freedom, who calls us into freedom, invites us to do the work, to live into the future as if it is today, because freedom is coming. Freedom is coming. So as free Christians, the only thing that binds us is hope. As free Christians, the only thing that binds us is hope. As Cornel West has said, we are prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. I know it's a bit of a paradox, I know. But hope says that we don't give up even when all around us is caving in. Hope says that we just can't give up now. Hope says that even though I'm tired, I still got some fight in me. Hope says that that since I'm here, I'm going to give my life my very best shot. And hope says that, oh, since I'm alive, I might as well live. Hope says I'm free, so praise the Lord that we're free. And because I'm free, I'm going to work until all people are free. I'm going to work while there is yet day. As prisoners of hope, we break free from the temptation, the small thinking, the false logic that nothing lies beyond our horizon. That nothing, we we break free from the logic that there is nothing beyond the horizon of what we can see. And even though I can't see past my past, and sometimes I can't see past my present, sometimes I can't even see past my pain, I cling to a freedom that is inside of me, that surpasses my sight, because there's something inside of me that is part of me, that is still more than me, and it's the Spirit of God working in me, and the Spirit is free, and the Spirit blows like the wind. It cannot be contained, and that Spirit is inside of you, and it nourishes you, and it nurtures you, and it gives you breath, and it inspires you for the work ahead. So freedom is a posture of faith that when all around us see the glass as half empty, we see it as half full always. 
It's not a denial or a naivete, but rather this is Christian hope. Yes. A countercultural posture that positions us differently to break free from toxic relationships, from enslavement to fear, from addictions and self-doubt and cycles of complaint and complacency and resignation, from fragility, whatever it is that bind us, we are called because of the spirit that is working in us and through us. We are called to break free because freedom is coming. And when we experience our personal freedom, our personal change, there is something in us that is catalyzed so that our personal change, our personal change and, and personal transformation might be used for social transformation. Yes. Indeed, the transformation of the world, the evangelical gospel, you might think, is always and inextricably linked to a social gospel. The gospel is one, a gospel of liberation that breaks every fetter so that we might work on behalf of those who grow up with thoughts that they only can go so far because all they've experienced is brokenness and pain and shame and heartache but rather we break free through those ceilings, through those diminished intentions, and we live into that which is coming. So next week, we'll pick up from here that the freedom of a Christian, as found in Galatians 5, the freedom of a Christian bears fruit the fruit of the Spirit. So when we live and act in a way that we know the Spirit is working, we start demonstrating the love and the joy and the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, and the self-control because we are created in freedom, called to freedom, continuing in freedom. Let all God's people say, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.